started reading about the law and how you have tort law, which is a wrong that doesn't involve like a contract because there's contract law, you know, where you can claim that somebody committed fraud against you, where they lied basically about something and then that caused you to buy something, right? And there was a contract, I suppose, between the two. Like he was selling you something and you bought it and he lied and you suffered a harm and he he gained something. So that's like, that's a contract. That's contract law. But then there's, there's also wrongs that are done to you that don't involve contracts. Think about, um, I was reading about torts. And so here's a common one, right? Where you're, where you're driving and there's a reasonable duty of care when you're driving because you're operating a, a heavy duty machine, heavy, heavy machinery, Uh, that has like, that has the ability to cause serious harm. And when you drive, when you get your license, you're, you know, you're basically signing up to abide by these rules. And we, we abide by these rules of safety, speed limit, uh, you know, you, you can't drive while you're under the influence of any drugs. Um, there's all these rules and all these, um, you know, you're not supposed to be reckless either, even if you're, you're completely sober, you could be driving extremely recklessly and endanger other people. So there's this duty of care. And if you don't abide by the standard of this rule or these rules, then you can, you know, forfeit your ability to drive on roads. So often somebody will drive recklessly, recklessly, uh, be speeding and, and just have no real care. And then they'll harm, hurt, hurt somebody in an accident and then that person will sue them there wasn't any contract between the two parties there wasn't a private contract law right uh but there was a injury and one person harmed another person um you can also think of it as someone's rights now someone's rights i think of the easiest way to think of that one is not the car analogy but something with respect to property rights. So we have property rights. And if someone takes something from you by force, we all realize that's theft. But what about the case where somebody tricks you or cons you into giving your property to them, um, like selling something that actually is, is, uh, has no value or is just a pump and dump, right? So somebody's fraudulently, somebody is committing fraud you know, when they effectively steal something from you um, through lies, through through misrepresentation, um, to, to, to either have some gain for themselves or to, um, yeah, or, you know, or cause you some kind of harm by, by, by entering into that, well, there's no contract, so by taking your property, basically, without sort of a due, like, because in, like, even in contract law, you have... You can't, you cannot even consider, um, you, the contract is considered invalid if there's not like an exchange of value considered. If there's not consideration, this thing called consideration and this like tit for tat kind of thing, like you're gaining something, they're gaining something. There's some kind of like exchange going on here that people recognize as a valid, you know, valid um, part of an agreement uh, or part of a contract. But Tort law doesn't, you know, but contract law usually, you know, there's a breach of contract. But the torts are basically like, I am, 
just from my, my, my initial reading of it, it's violation of other rights, which are not, um, which are not laid out by contract, but, but, but we all recognize that theft is wrong. And, you know, people, people that are rioting, sorry, and looting, right. They're committing theft, but they're, that's not, that's like, you know, that, but then there's something called a white collar crime where you still have theft, right. There's some kind of financial instrument usually, or just Ponzi or some other kind of fraud, business fraud, but somebody's committed fraud in that sense. If they, um, if they have stolen from you, um, and through trickery, through, through conning, through deception, through deception. Uh, so it's basically the same type of thing. Someone is stealing something from you. Um, they're just doing it about it in a way that's deceptive. And tort law is supposed to be, I guess, where you go to, to right this wrong. And a lot of people commit fraud. I think fraud is everywhere, but I think, you know, the degree to which you commit fraud and harm someone, I think is probably, um, what, what judges might consider if you bring like a fraud and fraud claim, it's, it's, it has to be somewhat, um, substantial, I suppose. But I came across this thing when I was reading about civil torts, um, and how, you know, cause I'm, I'm trying to figure out what law applies to Bitcoin, you know, to Bitcoin, let's say something that's that, that the courts or at least people generally think can't be a security. Now I actually think Bitcoin is a type of security, but that's a hard legal argument to, to make. Um, I get it. So if you didn't think Bitcoin was a security, how could you, how could you make the law? How could you make a law against people pumping it against people saying ridiculous, untrue things that are either completely false or there's no, there's also like no care in what they say. Like they're almost reckless. Like they don't have any basis for what they say. Um, but they're making these statements, right? And, you know, with torts, I was looking into this and it's almost like one of the requirements, I don't know if this is a requirement. It doesn't make sense to me that this would have to be a requirement, but there's some kind of duty that's breached. And I was thinking, well, if you just have somebody on the internet, um, complaining about, sorry, if you just have somebody on the internet, like pumping Bitcoin and saying it's a battery or saying like, it's going to be the next world reserve currency or it's money or, um, it'll be around forever or it'll go to like a million dollars a coin. Like, how do you, how do you make that person, um, you know, go to court? Cause if you relied on their information, if you use them and then if you basically relied on their tweet, right. And they're, maybe they're extremely public figure. Maybe they run a Bitcoin company, whatever. Um, maybe you relied on that information, bought Bitcoin, think like believing their lie. And then you want to sue them, right. For damages. Well, sometimes well, when I was reading about tort law, it looked like you have to have damages or duty. Sorry. How do you establish a duty? Well, I guess you could sign up for one of their courses. A lot of these Bitcoin guys that pump, um, have books, have courses and Michael Saylor, you could buy his MicroStrategy stock because Michael Saylor has a duty of course to his shareholders. Um, so he's making, if he's making false statements about Bitcoin and Bitcoin is related because it's on his balance sheet and it's all he ever talks about. Um, I think that you could probably make a claim that that the duty was breached, but why does duty have to be breached? Like if someone steals your property, 
there's no duty here. It's just like the, the right was breached, right? So this, what I was reading must have been a very specific type of tort law, like negligence or something like that, where, where you know, ne- negligence, there's some kind of like duty. So with the cars, driving a car, there's some kind of duty to like drive carefully so that you don't harm people. Um, but but what happens if it's a a, a fraud where fraud is committed, where basically you're, someone is depriving you of your of your real money and inducing you to buy like um, Bitcoin or other prop, basically something else, and basically someone is conning you into giving away your dollars for something that they've conned you into. Um, to me, ne- negligence or duty doesn't really fit there. Um, so I guess I have to explore a little bit more about tort law. Um, but then I read something too, that like a lot of courts aren't, aren't even hearing a lot of tort cases. I'm, I'm wondering why, I mean, because if, if this fraud by, by inducement, right, this, this deception is, is everywhere. I'm seeing it everywhere, at least in crypto. Um, why are there more cases brought to court? I have no idea. Um, but the last thing in the topic that I, I actually was meaning to get to first was, is this concept of unjust enrichment. There's a couple of Harvard um, Law Review articles about unjust enrichment. And in particular, they mention Ponzi schemes. And unjust enrichment is basically where um, the person who is enriched is getting rich at the expense of someone else. And there wasn't, there's a there's a, like a claim that they weren't, that this person wasn't really harmed, um, harming the, the, the defendant, the person bringing the case. And I'm thinking this is, so this is how they described it. It's like, so Bernie Madoff, right? Some people were, were actually making money off his thing because they, they were being, they were early and they were paid out. So these people didn't know it was a, was a Ponzi. They weren't, they, so they weren't like committing the, because they weren't, weren't knowing anybody else, but they were, they were unjustly enriched because of this made up scheme. So whenever, um, whenever it went to court, and Bernie lost all of his assets, uh, the way that they divvied it up, um, they of course tried to get everything from Bernie, but then how do you, how do you like make restitution? How do you, how do you pay off the victims? So some people won and some people lost. Well, the people that won money that gained were unfairly enriched because other people lost right in this scheme. So they, they use something like unjust enrichment or another term like that they might use to to claw back this money from people who profited off of the Ponzi scheme. Well, you know what? Alarm bells rung up in my head thinking this is going to work for crypto too because a lot of early entrants um, made money off of these crypto assets and maybe they just rode the wave. Like maybe they just, they, they got into Bitcoin, but they never made any false statements. They never conned anybody into buying Bitcoin, right? But they succeeded because they just rode the wave. And there's a lot of people who are like this. Probably the majority of people who have made money in Bitcoin have not been the ones pumping it. Um, there's a lot of people pumping that have made money, but there's also a lot of people that have rode this wave, right? And I thought, well, I thought, hey, if you want to make money in Bitcoin, this is the route you should go. You should never pump it. You should just ride the wave because you're not actually committing a fraud. You're not committing, you're not breaking the law, but no, no, no. Now I heard to learn about this unjust enrichment and there are ways of clawing back this money that you unjustly made off of the backs of others. And Bitcoin and all cryptos are like this. All of them, basically you're only making money if you're basically taking from somebody else. Someone else has to lose because it's, it's a zero sum game. 
It's not productive. You're basically just taking money from somebody else. It's a wealth transfer activity. And the Bitcoin people and the crypto people who have gotten rich through this mechanism, um, I don't I don't think that their assets are safe. I think that eventually, you know, and it could take a long time, but eventually this could be clawed back. So, um, you know, and, you know, you don't. So if you are public at all in Bitcoin, if you are tweeting about Bitcoin, I suggest you, you stop because um, if you ever want to if you want to keep your money in perpetuity that you've made, you don't want to have any public profile that you're a Bitcoiner. You know, but if you're if you're actually paying your taxes like you should be and not breaking the law, uh, uh, you could, you know, people might investigate this in the future and say, well, where did you get all these gains? So, you know, there's a way for the IRS to figure this out. And also on the IRS form, you even have to say if you've owned any crypto. So basically, this is like really bad because you have to you can't lie. You have So you're being flagged as someone who's probably gained money in crypto through and they can they can find evidence of this on your tax returns, right? And on this little checkbox that you had to check. Um, so, so in my opinion, none of this is like, you, you, it's hard to hide unless you're doing something criminal, right? Unless you're trying to, you know, avoid paying taxes, um, which is not a good idea, right? You don't want to be thrown in jail for that. Um, then they're going to figure out that you, you gained a lot of money and they're going to be able to claw this back. So the bottom line is, is that, Maybe this will happen, maybe it won't, but Ponzi's in general, and Bitcoin is a zero-sum game, Ponzi-like game, um, these gains are unjust. And it's just amazing to me to watch all these Bitcoin people prance around and think that they have just, um, that they have, uh, they're the smartest people in the world and that they, they're, they've gotten all this money, they're so rich, and maybe they'll be able to keep their gains. This is just like, this, they probably will because, um there's, there's, there's hardly anyone bringing court cases. I mean, maybe eventually people will, will, will bring court, more court cases and it might be more popular to go after people uh, and to even to go after people in crypto who, who um, have gained a lot of money. Maybe, maybe the, the sentiment will shift whenever there's a lot of bag holders, right? And there's only a few crypto people that have actually, you know, retained their wealth and these people are flaunting it and they're being arrogant and they're pretending like they, they earn their money legitimately through a real business that provides like real value to people. Instead, they're just flaunting their wealth like they do constantly and pretend like they're, they actually made it legitimately. Um, I think sentiment will shift eventually. So I think that they better be really careful on what they say.